As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to 5000 to 1, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me as ever to dissect another fantastic victory on the road for Brendan Rodgers' men is former Leicester City captain Matt Elliott. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm good, Rob. Thank you. Yeah, uh, plenty going on as usual, isn't there, where Leicester are concerned and uh, plenty for us to chat about. Well, absolutely. But let's kick off with uh, that victory at Ellen Road. A record-breaking victory is their fifth in the first seven games of the season. The first time the club's ever done that in the Premier League era. Uh, to put 15 points on the board to move second in the table to Liverpool, which they were uh, at a similar stage last season, second in the table as well. So it's been a fantastic start for them. But what did you make of the performance, Max? I know you were dissecting it for uh, for the club as well, for their media. I, th- I think first and foremost, it'd be cautious optimism from certain quarters weren't there on the back of that stat that you mentioned there you know this time last year Leicester was second in the league and they were up the top region uh, for most of the campaign weren't they and just just faded off towards the end and uh, they'll be mindful of that in this season you know hoping there's not a a repeat of that they'll be wanting to stay as high as possible or as long as possible weren't they but so the the performance itself I think it was exceptional, wasn't it, really? But I have to say, I was disappointed with Leeds. I mean, much has been made of uh, their start to the season, rightly so. But, I mean, they were sitting 12th before the game last night. And you would think, you know, with all the sort of praise and adulation that they've had, that it was somewhat better start than that. Having said that, if they had won the game, they would end up fourth. So there was a lot riding on it, fine margins and all that. But um, it, it was Leicester who prevailed, wasn't it? And... In, in fine style, you have to say. Uh, Brendan Rodgers has got a formula almost, isn't it, that suits Leicester, whatever the personnel, particularly away from home. You know, we've seen it numerous times this season already, both in Europe and, and the Premier League. And all the tactics and, you know, in the, in the world um, coming from the manager, the players have got to go and execute that plan, haven't they? And they did it superbly for the majority of the game a little bit wobbly after half time conceding that 
that goal early in the second half and you thought, OK, it's going to be a little bit more difficult now. They dug in there. But other than that period, I thought they were a class above Leeds, I have to say. And much as I was disappointed with how, how Leeds went about it, I thought they were loose with their passing and defensively they, they were very naive and open. But Leicester were highly impressive, weren't they? You know, solid at the back, resolute and hard working, sharp into the challenge and razor sharp on the counter. Uh, wonderful away performance. Well, let's talk about uh, Brendan Rodgers then because I, he was asked about it after the game because uh, he's put, carried out a masterful away plan now at Arsenal and he's done it at Man City against Pep and uh, Arteta. Now he's done it again against Bielsa. And you're right, there's a lot of hype around Leeds and a lot of it seems to be revolving around their manager and uh, his tactics and stuff like that. But I thought Brendan had his game plan absolutely spot on and he even went on the cameras before the game and told the nation, the world, exactly how Leicester were going to go about it and they carried out the game plan to perfection and he pointed out that perhaps you know because he's a British manager he probably wouldn't get the credit that um, probably should be due to him for the way he sets up his teams on these these away games because you're absolutely right he's got a formula that's five wins in all competitions on the road this season and and Leeds just fell into the trap in many ways pushing on trying to squeeze left to break the press and and lightning counter-attacks and particularly the long balls down the channel from Fuchs as well that caused them a lot of problems you know sometimes it isn't all about intricate passing especially on a dirty night like like that with the <laughs> rain pouring and the pitch is sodden and cutting up sometimes it's better to go a little bit more direct they just got it spot on yeah that's right they've um They've become accustomed to playing that way, haven't they? Away from home, which will bring us on to the game against Wolves at the weekend. You know, at home, um, different proposition, isn't it? You know, and Wolves also like to sort of draw the opposition onto them, don't they? They're quite patient in their play, and then they hit on the on the counter, whether they're home or away. So it could be a a little bit of a standoff at the weekend. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. You know whether. Leicester will change their approach. And that's a bit of a conundrum for Brendan Rodgers to deal with, but I'm sure he'll come up with the answers. He normally does more often than not, doesn't he? But I, th- I think sometimes you can sort of overemphasise the the tactical side of it, how amazing it is. At the, you know, at the end of the day, it, you know, it's about three, stroke five. It's nothing that hasn't been done before, but it, it makes sense with the situation as it was and the personnel available with you know, a few doubts about players coming in into the fray and thought, right, I'll just shore up the defence a little bit, but we still need to maintain that threat. And so it's, it's not reinventing anything or, but, you know, it's very clever management and coaching, that's for sure. But the thing that oppresses me as much as anything is he, he seems to have getting the players development going, you know, in, t- in terms of like, managing the games and stuff. They, they've, they're reacting to how the game is going accordingly. You know, they, they might just soak up pressure for a little while or they know when to strike a little bit and turn it up a gear and or just go back to being solid, etc. And I think he, he, he's getting that across to the players very well. They seem to be picking up on that. And also, timings of, of, of substitutions. I, I think that's something which is a little bit more intricate than sometimes that basic tactical side of it, really. Because, you know, awareness within the game, saying, what, what do we need here? And last night was a typical example of that, wasn't it? Madison coming on. You know, the game was, I wouldn't say in a balance, but you know, Leeds were 
trying to get back on level terms. Literally the second Madison came on that pitch. Uh, it was just what the doctor ordered, wasn't it? You know, his first touch was supreme. And the, and from that moment on, he, he, you know, he carried on in superb vein. And he was the difference, really. I know, you know, Vardy was obviously the recipient of a, a great run and supplied by, by Under, who came on the contributor as well. Another good substitution. But Madison was the orchestrator, wasn't it? You know, once he got involved, Leicester always looked like maintaining that lead and, in fact, improving it as they did. But, um, yeah, m many areas to praise Brendan Rodgers from. But all said and done, it's the players who actually go out there and execute it. And it doesn't matter at the moment who it is, which personnel, they're all performing. And the, the strength in depth was questioned in, in the close season to a certain degree, justifiably. But the players now, they're all slotting in. Luke Thomas comes in last night and... You know, two full-backs in, in the outside centre-half positions and you're thinking, oh, it could be a problem here. And you've got Fafana in the middle of defence. You would have imagine is the one communicating mainly. You think that might be a problem with, you know, how it, you know, coming from France at, at the moment, but still learning the English language and mastering it. Um, you know, a lack of height defensively, all Brighton at wing-back Thomas on the left. There's a few areas where you think could be problems, but you know, no such worries, no such worries. Every, everyone's performing and firing on, on all cylinders, aren't they? Well, that was the area that most impressed me. The fact that, as you say, you had two fullbacks playing on either side of of the bat three. You've got two 19-year-olds in there with no experience, really, of the Premier League. And you've got a conventional uh, right midfield player playing right wing back as well in Mark or Brighton. But that bat five, I mean, they had to soak up a lot of pressure to start the second half, but they did it very, very well. They were so well drilled as well. And the commitment level was superb. I, I know a lot of Leicester fans listening to this, when they saw that team sheet and they saw there was no Siunsu, no Evans, still no Pereira, Ben Chilwell was sold in the summer. That's the whole of your back four from last season gone. And then you're down to those at bare bones of, of options. Because I've been one of a, a number that thought, well, perhaps they haven't done enough in the transfer window, really, to have that strength in depth to sustain a challenge throughout the season. Because the games are coming thick and fast with Europa League and we've got Braga at home on Thursday. But um, the start, signs are very good that these lads can come in and, and fill the voids when uh, the key players are out. Because they're going to pick up a lot of injuries and suspensions this season. Yeah, I mean, already you've, you've seen... Injuries are plenty, haven't they? And to key players as well, you know, it's, it's unusual. All in one section as well, as you say, predominantly uh, defenders, and that's where there's a lot of speculation. Or Leicester was short in that area. Obviously, for Farner coming in, massive boost, massive boost, wasn't it? And as it's turned out, even more necessary than uh, people initially thought. I mean, imagine if it, if he hadn't been about at the moment, you think it might have been. A step too far from a defensive point of view, but he's been he's been immense. I thought last night as well, it was slightly different for him because outside on the right hand side, I thought maybe you know he's got Castagna or Albrighton outside him. He's had that, and he's had assistance, you know, from Johnny Evans centrally or Wes Morgan. I wouldn't say helping him through the game, but assisting him. But the onus was on him last night. He was the main man in, in defence. And for him to come in and play that central role, where you know, he's dictating proceedings there and uh, organising and communicating to others around him, you think it might be difficult with, especially if there's a, you know, any, any language barriers there, 
being the age he is, you know, has, has he got that personality um, you know, to impress his character on the rest of the defence and, you know, and lead them effectively? And without doubt, it, the answer was yes. You know, he was such a prominent figure again. Very impressive in the old head on young shoulders is the term that's been attached to him already. But he just looks so comfortable, so so suited, you know, to, to playing at this level. And it's, it's really exciting for what, what is possible down the line as well. But, um, you know, I thought Leicester might have struggled aerially last night. And there were little signs of it early on. Bamford had a great opportunity, didn't he? Just seconds before Leicester opened the scoring. And then conceding the goal, there was... Fuchs went for a challenge. I'm not quite sure what he did, but didn't get any contact and it snuck in the far corner and deceived Michael. But generally, you know, they covered all angles, didn't they? And a lot of mobility in that defence, um, if not aerial ability, but um, more than good enough to get the job done. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk about the top end of the pitch. Jamie Vard, did you, have you seen a change in his game this season? Because it's been very noticeable how many more touches, how more involved he is, how much more of a target man he's been this season. I mean, I think it was in the first 12 minutes last night where he played four telling passes around the box to set up opportunities, including the goal for Harvey Barnes with his unselfish pass inside after the mistake by the Leeds defence. He seems to have changed his game a little bit. He's getting more involved. I'd probably put that down to the way that Leicester are playing because sometimes previously say, away from home or even at home. He's always maybe looking to stretch the defence all the time. And he is literally that lone striker on occasion, isn't he? And there are long periods of games where he's not involved too much at all. And you feel frustrated for him, but he keeps his discipline. It's one of his many attributes, really. He keeps applying himself and eventually he's hoping for something to feed on. But... The way Leicester have been playing of late, with that back three, well, it's been, say, a five at times, hasn't it? And then a four in midfield. But they're still, albeit, say, last night, Barnes and Pratt weren't particularly wide. They would come and sort of narrow up a little bit. But that was clever as well from, from Brendan. We'll come on to that in a second. But I think, so four in midfield, but you've still only got, effectively, the two centrally with Mendy and Tillemans. And sometimes you're up against the three as they were against Leeds last night in that midfield area. So Brendan Rodgers is not shy of asking Jamie Vardy to come back and help out. And he goes on the CDM, as they call it these days, and he drops in to, to do a defensive job there. And I think then when Leicester win the ball, he's, he's a bit closer to the midfield area. He's in a space between their midfield and defence, and he's, he's more able to link up, I think, and get involved in the play. He might pop it off to Barnes, and then spin and then look to get in behind. And Barnes can feed him in that manner. That happened on a few occasions last night. And um, yeah, I think it's because Leicester are dropping off deeper than Vardy himself. Rather than being that lone striker who's always on the shoulder, um, he, he sort of balances the two roles a little bit now. 
Well, that is a phenomenal start to the season. I know there was a lot of disappointment with the West Ham and Aston Villa results on home soil. Uh, but a great start to the season with five wins. The first, as I said at the top of the show, first time they've done that in the in the Premier League. It's not the first time they've put 15 points on the board from the first seven games in the Premier League era. And you were right to voice a, an air of caution because I know the questions were coming to Brendan again last night about a possible title challenge this year. And he has to uh, field the same questions when they got off to a great start last season. But you were part of the squad in 2000-2001 that put 15 points on the board after seven games. And, and you were unbeaten. Four wins and three draws from the first seven games. Um, but it didn't quite go to plan after that, did it, Matt? What do you remember of that? Too much. <laughs> <laughs> Pain. But um, no, you're right. I mean, I, I actually thought we were top after eight games. Um, I'm not sure whether that was was the case or not. I think we got crashing down to earth when we came up against Manchester United and we got turned over 3-0. I was going to say pretending that memory serves me correctly, but you pointed that out to me <laughs> prior to this conversation. Um, yeah, but well, listen, the, 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 there is a reminder of what can happen, isn't it? I think I don't expect anything so drastic to occur to this Leicester team. You know, even, even last season is is warning to as to what can happen. You know, they would have hoped to have learned from that, and I'm sure they'll sort of assess and analyse the reasons why there was a drop-off last year, or last season, shall we say, because it was disappointing, the fact you missed out on Champions League after being in that top top region for so long. And I don't know, that, that, the way that Leicester are playing at the moment would probably, they could probably have been better served doing that at times last year, although I'm sure Brendan did try it on occasion. It just, they just weren't firing, were they? They'd you know, lost their rhythm a little bit, but... With us, exactly, we're top of the league, um, <clears throat> not let alone second. Um, and we ended up 14th that year. So that shows you what can happen. Be wary. You know, fine lines, isn't it, between success and failure? I mean, Brendan Rodgers wouldn't be doing Peter Taylor for some unknown reason, started to sort of try and tinker with what we were doing back then. And it, it carried on in the vein of, Martin O'Neill when he took over as manager and then started to try and put his stamp on it. But when it was a case of one of those, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. We, we, we were flying. He tried to alter it and had an adverse effect. But I, I don't see any such pitfalls occurring this campaign. Certainly not to that degree with Brendan Rodgers at the helm. Even though you were going so well, was there a little air amongst the players about, well, this is really a false position, really. We're, not, we're, not, we're, we're probably flattering ourselves here. Yes, <laughs> in truth. I think we were experienced enough. We, we knew what we were about. Um, and we didn't feel that we were a better team that Martin, now that Martin O'Neill had left. So um, we were playing, performing to our maximum in the Martin O'Neill years, really. Although he was hoping to develop us, you know, and turn us into a Leeds-type side of that era. You know, that they were in the Champions League and challenging in and around for the title itself. Never achieved it in that period. But that was part of the reason for Martin leaving, I think. I think he saw the ambitions of the club didn't match at that time his. Um, but but we, we knew, yeah, it, it was a temporary thing. And to be honest, at times we were flying by the skin of our teeth. Um, I remember that game against West Ham. I think it was the second game of the season. How we won that game, I do not know. They had 
Suka, De Canio and Canute up front. And they were absolutely on fire. Thankfully for us, I mean, we got a chasing defensively. I, I couldn't, we kept a clean sheet. And the only reason for that was, was the ability and spectacular performance from um, Tim Flowers in goal. And he kept them at bay. And then De Canio got frustrated, got himself sent off and we nicked a goal and we hung on to it. So, you know, it wasn't quite as impressive. We got absolutely torn apart for the majority of the game. Uh, it wasn't quite as impressive as it looked, but at the end of the day, we were top of the league. We knew it wasn't going to last too long, but we, I have to say, we, we didn't expect to plunge to the depths of 14th either by the end of the season. But um, like I said before, that's, uh, that's what you've got to be wary of. You've got to keep your standards high, and we weren't able to do that. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, that season you had UEFA Cup uh, action as well to contend with early on against Red Star Belgrade. It was an early exit for Leicester, but uh, this current crop are looking to extend their stay in the competition considerably. They've got off to a great start in the competition, back on home side, uh, home soil against the arguably the toughest side in the group, Braga. Uh, looking forward to that one, Matt, because I, th- I know Leicester want to get qualified from the group stages as early as possible. I think that's one of the reasons why Madison was left on the bench last night to keep him fresh for Thursday. Uh, Johnny Evans could be back as well. Uh, it's mouth-watering stuff again. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, it's great stuff, isn't it? I, I, I love it at the moment. You get involved, you know, in, in, in every... Every match day on a media capacity, and it, games are coming thick and fast, aren't they? And you know, such a high level as well, and even better when Leicester are playing as they are. Uh, the players maybe don't appreciate two games a week uh, over a long period of time, but something they're going to have to deal with. And so far, they're they're adjusting exceedingly well, aren't they? But you know, the squad is being rotated, and everyone's playing their part. And we mentioned that already, but. Um, yeah, listen, going up, going up against Braga. I'm, listen, they're a very capable side. They've shown that with two wins out of two in Europe. But uh, why would you not fancy Leicester? You know, home or away at the moment, in such fine fettle, aren't they? And it would be very, very beneficial. You would imagine if they were to able to get the job done sooner rather than later. You know, obviously, ideally, with four out of four, that's it. Then you can. Rest even more players, you know, if you want to, or in brackets, key players. But they've got key players throughout the squad now. But it would just take a little bit of pressure off, wouldn't it? But I, I wish uh, in our campaign we, we'd have had the calibre of opposition that Leicester have come up against so far. And 
without being too disrespectful with Zoya Luhansk and uh, certainly, certainly the Ukrainians and you know AK put up a stiffer challenge but unfortunately for us we came up against Red Star Belgrade and Atletico Madrid as you say shortens not so sweet episodes in Europe for us but different times these days you know, this squad you know that they look at home well they would look at home even in the Champions League you feel never mind the Europa League there's been good value for the two results so far and you got to fancy them again on Thursday against the Portuguese. Well, let's hope so. Um, just finally, Matt, uh, on a sad note uh, this week, uh, a local journalist called Lindo Bryan, who'd worked for many, many years for Premier League Productions and also worked for other TV outlets around the area. She, she may be familiar to the viewers um, who are outside Europe who tune into Premier League Productions, but also um, local uh, fans as well. Uh, sadly passed away after an illness uh, last week. Now, she's somebody that was always in the press room at, at uh, King Power Stadium, very much loved by all the, the, the press pack from the media, but also the ex-players as well that she interviewed on numerous occasions um, for Premier League Productions. Matt, what do you remember of Linda? Yeah, such sad news. It's too much of it lately for one reason or another, but you know, it was Linda, such a lovely lady. Um, she just didn't really fit into... Sort of, <laughs> your typical media mould, really. She was just, you know, just an everyday lady who, a massive football enthusiast, an Arsenal fan, but just had a nice, really relaxed, easygoing manner. And she would sit and, or stand and chat and natter to you about everyday things. It wasn't all about football and the job. And, you know, I didn't meet her that many times. You know, I used to do a few interviews with her, but I felt like I... I was a friend with her and she had that effect on people. Um, you know, I sat down one time at the Leicester Arsenal game and I assumed she was working, but she no, she just made the journey to the King Power just to come and watch the game. We sat next to each other and she was all tense and ultimately not very happy, actually, because Leicester won that game and turned them over. But, you know, it was fun. Just it, meeting her in any situation was you know, just such a lovely, pleasant experience. And I, I knew she'd been ill. You, you informed me. A while back now, wasn't it? And I was hoping she was going to recover, but uh, I was shocked and saddened by the news. But uh, yeah, uh, sad times, sad times. Uh, thank you, Matt, for joining us again on this edition of 5001. Hopefully we'll, well, we'll definitely be back next week, but hopefully we'll be talking about another couple of victories for Leicester City and onwards into what could be a very memorable season. And hopefully at some stage, despite another lockdown, uh, we might have some fans in before the end of the campaign, fingers crossed. There's not too much to cheer us up at the moment, is there? But uh, Leicester's form is doing its bit, that's for sure. And long may it continue. Brilliant. And you can read more about Wesley Fofana, Leicester City's new teenage sensation defender, by going to theathletic.com forward slash LeicesterPod and subscribing to the special offer of just £1 per week. Thank you very much, Matt, and thank you very much to all our listeners for joining us again this week. Pleasure, Rob. 